Hello and welcome to the latest Everything is Black and White podcast in association with Footy 5, the new free-to-play score edition game from the pools. Simply predict five correct match scores and you could win £25,000. And even if you suffer any miss and get four match scores correct, there's still up to two grand to be won. To play Footy 5 this weekend, visit thepools.com. You must be over 18 and in the UK to play. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and joined here today by Lee Ryder for our weekend preview, Newcastle United versus West Ham. Uh, maybe a few weeks ago we would have been looking at this game with a bit of fear. West Ham, of course, spent a lot of money in the summer, Lee, but they come into this game 4-0 fashion off Manchester City. Newcastle come in, three wins on the bounce, superb victory against Burnley. You were down there on Monday. Um, the sun is shining over Newcastle despite a morning of thunderstorms. Perfect metaphor, really. Yeah, I mean, for Newcastle fans now, you're actually looking forward to this game. Uh, that can also be a little bit dangerous sometimes with Newcastle United, as we've all learned over the years. But there's no reason why they can't go into this one and expect to get three points because West Ham, as you say, it's, if there was a good time to play them, it's now. Uh, for Newcastle, the confidence is flowing. They've got lots of good options in the team and really... You know, you look at the table, and this is a real chance to kind of pull away from the from the danger zone a bit. It's very tight down there, but uh, beating one of your rivals down there, it's almost like a bit of a six pointer at this stage of the season. So, great chance to continue that win and run, and uh, in front of the home crowd. Many fans were looking quite enviously on it. West Ham spending in the summer, um, breaking transfer records left, right, and centre. Felipe Anderson, I think, cost nearly forty odd million. Um, if three months months into the season you would have said your Castle and West Ham level on points, you would have probably taken that, wouldn't you? Well, you would probably take it, but from my point of view, I, I don't so much look at the transfers. I look at who's in charge, and Newcastle have got Benitez, West Ham Pellegrini. He's obviously a man who's won the Premier League, but won it with you know a lot of a big budget. And I think Rafa Benitez, if he had that type of budget, could deliver that type of prize as well. Uh, Differences West Ham are it's a bit different at the bottom end of the table. Rafa Benitez has adjusted to it quite well, uh, and I think he he might just have the the tactical edge over Pellegrini in this one. Um, I mean, is it a case that maybe West Ham have tried to build too quickly with Benitez? We've seen that he's kind of laying the foundations down. And then the frustration is that Benitez has been able to then build the house, the walls, if you like, whereas West Ham have gone straight for it and and, and kind of just try to. Again, a metaphor, wrecked the house straight away without really getting them foundations down. Yeah, I, I, I can hear what you're saying there. I mean, from from Rafa's point of view, what you've got there is you've got someone who can you know, really solve problems, uh, who's presented with a, a problem with the defence, with, with Dummett and Lascelles being injured. And everyone was like, oh, who's going to play here? Who's going to play there? And the formation that he delivered, nobody could have predicted that, that 3-5-2 or 3-4-3, three, three, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it, but it was three at the back and, you know, all three centre-backs centre did a very good job. Uh, Clark uh, was fantastic just walking back in the team to, to get the goal. Um, Fernandez also shone, for me, was man of the match and Fabian Scher again was excellent. So for me, they were the three-star men ahead of anybody else uh, in that Burnley win. And in case of the names you've mentioned there, you know, hard workers put the graft in. Um, you know, really do get the role. I suppose that's what 
Benitez likes, what Benitez has kind of had to adapt to given the restraints on the budget. But Newcastle fans aren't complaining because down the years, they've been criticised for this you know, lofty ambition. And in reality, all they want are them type of players who will put their heart kind of on the sleeve and, and you know give 110%. Yeah, and that, that's what exactly what they're getting at the minute. Um, you know, you look at, there's a bit of a kind of misconception from people outside the city where they're talking about Newcastle fans demanding Champions League football, trophies, all that. You know, you wouldn't be going up there expecting that sort of stuff at the moment. Uh, they haven't, basically under Mike Ashley, the expectation hasn't been here. So that's a little bit outdated, that kind of cliche. And even when, Kevin Keegan was here. It was just such an exciting time that you know people enjoyed it and, and, and got on it. And then when them times went away, obviously there was a, a big lull, and you know that's why there was disappointment in the air because everyone wanted to recapture those times. So a few misconceptions out there. Um, getting back to what Benitez is trying to do, he's trying to you know get a solid finish this season. If he can get tenth again, that'll be you know manager of the year material for me, given what what he's been through. Um, and you know if he is going to walk away at the end of the season, then he wants to walk away with his head held high. But you know that's another that's another story entirely. In the summer, Benitez was linked to West Ham quite a lot. It was maybe the, the most solid of links that came out during the summer. Um, people say you know they're given they've got a big budget, they've got an ambition to go into the top eight. Benitez maybe looking at it now, and you know. He's made the right decision. I mean, it, it was never happening, but it, I mean, of course, maybe there was maybe a, a phone call to someone and Benitez in a circle, perhaps saying, you know, possibly there is a chance. But he'll be looking at it and thinking, you know, I'm happy here. You know, what I wanted to, to be is backed. Yeah, I mean, with Rafa, he never, he's not one for breaking contracts. He, he sets out a project at the start and he likes to follow it through. So maybe there was a little bit of that when Rafa Benitez suddenly becomes out of contract and someone like West Ham's interested then that, that could change. So, you know, he's more than capable of going to, to West Ham in the future. Uh, as far as um, the current situation is concerned with his contract, um, he dropped a couple of little hints the other night when he was doing his piece with Sky, saying, you know, that you know he does want to stay and he enjoys being here. But ultimately, it's up to the powers that be to, to give him the, the, the what he needs. It's not just about money. It's, it's, it's about several little tweaks behind the scenes. The academy, the reserves, all that kind of stuff. He needs to be. Uh, he needs those assurances before he can plough on. No, oh, most, most certainly. I mean, are you expecting Mike Ashley to be in the stands on Saturday? We know he wasn't there. Um, Didn't on, on Monday. Early. No, partly that commitments was was what I think uh, Chris Woff mentioned um, yesterday when when I asked him. Uh, do, do you expect him to be back in the stands? Because it's potentially going to be an interesting uh, eleven minutes after kick off because. It has been floated the idea that fans don't go in until eleven minutes after kick off. I guess so with three wins, yeah, it's, uh, on the bounce, it's a little harder to sell to to the fans who were maybe swaying on on whether to to join in the protest or not. Yeah, I mean, as regards to the question you asked, will Mike Ashley be there? Well, it almost seems what what side of bed he gets out of. You know what I mean? And uh, if he gets out of bed on the on the right side, then. You know, maybe he'll he'll get in the helicopter and and come up to St James's Park and you know take in what'll be a good win. Hopefully, um, will the fans? I think there'll be a percentage of fans who do stick to the what they've said. Uh, 
how many will that be we'll have to wait and see really uh, I think you know it's a good way of making a, a, a point but in terms of the team and what Rafa you know will probably say at his press conference tomorrow is that he says we need everyone behind the team from the first minute till the last so there's a lot of different ideas out there again what I've said all the way through about what what do people do in terms of process well do what you want to do you know it's your choice it's your personal choice mm. whether you want to make the point and turn up a bit later um, or you want to get behind the team entirely up to you I guess those that are the Magpie group heading up the, the protest they would argue you know yes we've won three games on the bounce we've looked very good in certain stages of those games definitely could be four on Saturday but that's just a kind of a small element of the bigger picture because even if Newcastle are going to win tomorrow five, six games in a row the main point is that come January every fan is probably heading towards thinking that we're going to see exactly what we saw in the summer what we saw last January where Benitez doesn't get backed or if he does it's not to to his to his wish list yeah and what as long as Mike Ashley's here Newcastle are going to be operating on a certain budget for me I think it would take them to to get to a, a very high standard uh, for for us to see the the free flow and spending that you know we might have seen in the past and what you see other clubs so they'd probably have to reach Champions League status to get to, to have the manager you know be able to spend what he wants to spend and you know to get the Champions League you need to spend money so that probably isn't forthcoming so it's a very frustrating situation you know. As you say, that it's good that they're on a win and run now, but you know how far can can they really go with the budget they've got? It's hard to see them going beyond the top ten, beyond the top eight. That would be a fantastic achievement. Um, ultimately, the, if they can stay up, that that's probably you know where Newcastle are at the minute. If they, if they stay up, then you know a lot of people say, well, that was probably one of the better seasons under Mike Ashley. So you know the the problems are going to be deep rooted and they're going to be there for a long time unless there's a real change of attitude and a real change of heart from the people right at the top Team news wise I mean Benitez has got some positive decisions to make I mean do you see any big changes coming um, on Saturday could Lascelles be back could Shelby be back could Muto be back I mean in the moment it, I mean like I said we've, they've won through on the bounce it, it's going to be hard to see Benitez taking anyone out of the team that started on, on Monday yeah, I mean, well, who, who who would you drop after that performance on on Monday? You know, Fernandez's place should surely be cemented in there for a while. Uh, Scher's playing out with skin at the minute. Um, you know, Kieran Clark came in and put in a captain's performance, got the goal. Um, you know, the midfield, the army, you know, had a steady performance, as, as I stated, in, in the play ratings that are done. Um, you know, would you bring Shelby in instead of the army? No. Uh, would you bring him in instead of Key? No. Is there a way of getting all three of them in together? Does Shelby deserve it? These are all things that we're going through the manager's mind at the moment. So let's um, you know look at it as a positive in that you know the fact that people like Lascelles and Shelby, who are people who were touted to play for England, you know the fact they're sweating on the places shows you how how much Newcastle have improved in the last few weeks. Most certainly. I mean, just a, a word on the defence, like you say, Fernandez and Sharp really well good partnership there we know the capabilities of the cells but you know Florian Lejeune maybe maybe six weeks two months away from from maybe being able to be considered for the first team picture I mean Benitez is going to be licking his lips at that prospect isn't he yeah I mean 
Lejeune, really on his days, someone who would be in from the start. Uh, you know, you, you could you could even make a case that Lascelles is like the last choice out of all that. You know, but let's be honest, he's a captain. He's going to come back in the team at some point. Um, but he, he is capable. While I say he is potentially the last choice of the centre backs, he's also capable of being the very best on his day because he he brings such a presence with him, and when he's when he's on top, you know there's few, there's few better than him, and that's why he was being touted for the for a place in the uh, the England squad. Definitely. Um, do you see the formation being the same? We know he played a kind of wing back system on Monday. Richie was excellent, despite that uh, glaring miss, which I'm sure he doesn't need a reminding of. But do you see the formation remaining, or do you see maybe uh, Clark dropping to the bench and Mancolo coming in, Kendi maybe being shifted back to to left back? I mean, what's your view on? The formation. Yeah, I think there'll there'll be a tweak. I mean, Burnley were very physical. It was the way Newcastle approached that, the that formation was designed to ensure they were going to be getting diagonal balls across the box, which was difficult to defend. You know, ultimately, two diagonal crosses, you know, eventually led with goals. So this is a different game altogether. West Ham will play in a different way. They'll they'll pose different threats. Uh, and Rafa will have a completely different plan. Almost certainly. Um, I mean, West Ham come into it, let's say, for nil thrashing against Manchester City. They've got a problem at right back, where Zabaleta's the only right back they've got. I mean, surely he's going to be maybe the one to target because he is in his advancing years, coming to the end of his career, really. Uh, probably a couple more seasons left in him, but... I mean, do you see that being the weak spot or do you foresee Benitez maybe targeting a different area of the West Ham side? I, th- I don't think he will almost pinpoint... There will be a few weaknesses that he'll, that he'll flag up, but he won't make a big point in, in you know focusing the whole game plan around those weak spots. What he'll do is he'll look to set up and, and be as compact as possible and then try and pick off West Ham you know, that way. I mean... You know Newcastle, the the first half an hour against Bournemouth, absolutely fantastic going forward for a team that have been criticised for being defensive and parking the bus. Awesome in that first half an hour mm. against Bournemouth. Awesome in the first twenty five minutes against Burnley. You know if they'd have got a third goal, you know the game would have been done and dusted long before the end, and we wouldn't have been worrying about Matt Ritchie's miss or anything like that. So, uh, you know, look, this team are capable of, of pushing on as well. So. You've got to give them. Uh, you've got to give them full credit. A few good players they have got. You know, Hernandez is one to mention. Annie Carroll could be back as well. I mean, it would be just kind of one of those days. Annie Carroll off the bench last ten minutes or so, and to grab a winner, wouldn't it? Yeah, he hasn't scored against Newcastle, so that would be something that will be the fear of fans. Uh, when he comes on, if he comes on, um, you know Andy Carroll had a great time up here, uh, but it was a long time ago. Uh, you know, you know, I remember doing articles with him when he first signed for Liverpool, saying he wouldn't celebrate if he scored, all that kind of stuff. But he's never really, you know, come near to getting a goal. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's good that he'll um, be back in in the area in terms of seeing his family and all that, but. Hopefully, uh, his boyhood team gets the the points. Oh, sure. I mean, do you think Pellegrini is under pressure? 
I think you're always under pressure at West Ham. You know, I think they were running on the pitch at one stage last season in protest, and yeah, it's it's a it's a club that there's been a lot of pain at, at that club, and arguably more pain than at Newcastle. You know, having to shift ground, move from Upton Park uh, to the you know London Stadium, which for me isn't a football ground. Uh, you know, to be uprooted from your home stadium and all your little traditions, all your favourite cafes to go to before the game, or your favourite pub, all that, and then to be you know plonked in the London Stadium uh, where you're miles away from the pitch. That I, I couldn't think of anything more heartbreaking as a, as a supporter to to see your club transformed and, and not for the better. Um, yes, they've made statements with the money they've spent, but really, you know, West Ham or a long way from where they want to be. Awesome. I mean, are there, who's the key men that stand out for you? Um, obviously mentioned Philippe Anderson. It looks like Marco Arnautovic is going to be back as well, or at least he's in contention, Pellegrini said in his press conference today. I mean, are they all, those are the two men that you think Newcastle really have to stop? Yeah, I mean, they've got they've got several threats all, all around the pitch, really. Uh, for them, confidence is a problem, though. It's it's all right having the players, but it's, it's confidence they've won one in... One game in seven, and that was against Burnley, who, you know... Very inconsistent. Yeah, very inconsistent. Uh, they've had some tough tests. Uh, I mean, you can't give them too much stick for getting thrashed off Man City, because a lot of teams will. Newcastle didn't. They only lost by one goal. But we can't really take... can't really be celebrating 2-1 defeats. But uh, I just think that, you know, ultimately it's going to be about what Newcastle can produce on the day. Uh, it'd be good to see Rondon get another goal just to keep ticking along in, in that sense it'd be good to see Matt Ritchie get a goal I'd love to see that one uh, after he's, what he went through the other night a horrendous miss uh, yeah for the corner flags if Matt Ritchie does get a goal because yeah. you know that's where he'll be heading to yeah uh, so it's been a long time since he's got seven months I think it is mm. so a long time um, a few stats then um, the stats do make quite interesting reading I mean uh, Pellegrini self He's only lost um, one game in eight against Newcastle, and that was the League Cup um, when Orlando Aaron's, I believe, scored in that in that game. Um, that's a very good record, of course. Like you say, that was the Man City side, though, that had the riches of, a, well, a country behind them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all right. Benitez, though, I mean, he's won um, six out of seven home games um, against West Ham and drawn the other one. Um, I mean... West Ham have got a horrendous record at St James's Park. One win in the last twenty years. Um, and do you know which game it was the one game that they have won St James's Park? Is that Kevin Nolan scoring the winner? It is one um, nil. I think I remember the time before that as well when I think Ian Wright got a goal and they won three nil up here. Um, I think that would have been about ninety eight. So yeah, they have they have won. I mean. To be fair, Newcastle never won in in my lifetime, or your lifetime at Burnley. Um, things change. Things change. <laughs> so, so we'll have to wait and see. But look, as I said at the start, this this got to be a good time to play West Ham mm. and you know take advantage. And you know, I think we're all, I think we're all genuinely me and you sitting here now, and most of the fans are actually looking forward to the game. Yeah, definitely. I think I've, we're doing the prediction piece that'll go online. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning um, and it, I think before Benitez came in if it was in a pod and McLaren and they were, they were you know, one, a good one like this you'd say 
it'd be typical Newcastle. Welcome to West Ham side. We're inconsistent. Can't really put a good run together. It'd be typical Newcastle to to lie down and you know and get absolutely battered. But you, you don't feel that. It was like when Newcastle went ten games out of a win. You didn't feel worried in a sense of you know this is going to end really badly. You always feel there was a certain confidence in Rafa to turn it around. Well, there is, and what I think the good thing what Newcastle got at the minute is they've got quite a good spine in the team. So players that are constantly on top of the on top of the game or ahead of the game if you like so for me Fernandez was 9 out of 10 not just because of all the clearances interceptions headers the deflected goal he scored uh, not just because of that but you get a fantastic tactical view from the main stand at Burnley and Fernandez was there all the time you know getting everything reorganised restructured and I'm talking off the ball here and hmm. uh, and he just was making sure they were so rigid in that formation that you know Burnley didn't didn't get a look in. He'll be on top of people again. He's like having a, a you know a captain in there who doesn't wear the armband. It's brilliant to see that because I can't remember which game it was. But it was a few home games going. I think I mentioned in the, in the blog that uh, he took Lascelles aside and he said, "Look, this you've you, you've got to be in this in the line." Yeah. And you think well, that's the captain? Not yeah. many players would stand up to. A captain and especially Lascelles who's very vocal but Fernandez had no issue and said look get in position this is you know yeah. that wasn't right and it was it was great to see and Lascelles was receptive to that and I suppose that's again just a kind of a show of the kind of character within that team that yeah Lascelles wears the armband but everyone has a voice and everyone's opinion is, is respected yeah and, and particularly down that spine which you know Fernandez, a great distributor of information he'll probably speak to Rafa in Spanish um, you know, he'll he'll know what what's being said and exactly what Rafa wants. And you've got someone like Key in the middle, another experienced guy who's who's going to be you know dishing the information. He's a, a quiet captain, if you like. And then you've got someone like Rondon through the middle, who while he's not the most quick, he's not the most mobile. He, he's got that experience about him, and to have those three right down the middle, you, you're only going to benefit. So I think they will not let the standard slip. Oh, fantastic. Great to see Rondon out in the community um, playing dodgeball with a few of the kids yesterday uh, with, the, with the foundation, I believe it was. Um, one clean sheet for West Ham this season that puts them second bottom of the league, only behind Fulham. I mean, they are vulnerable, aren't they, West Ham? And Rondon is probably, you know, again, for the term licking his lips, the prospect of facing West Ham, especially the likes of Kennedy and Matt Ritchie can get the service into him. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's that's the key point, isn't it? And, you know, it's good that, you know, Kennedy got that assist in that last game, showed exactly what he can do. I wasn't able to build on it at Burnley, probably because he was played, he was shuffled a little bit into the into the centre, so he had a, a different role. Um, wasn't as, as effective as he has been, so I'd like to see him back out wide again um, and, and get on the ball a bit more. Um, but Ron, yeah, Rondon's going to thrive off that that service really, and you know he just got on with his job really, uh, forced a couple of corners at Burnley, um, and he was a real presence in there. Uh, you know, by the end, Newcastle weren't the game wasn't about strikers or, or wingers; it was about the the three you know centre backs who uh, were so influential at both ends of the pitch. Obviously, won it from a defensive point of view, but also won it with their offensive contributions in the first 20-odd minutes. 
just on Kennedy there. Do you think that was one of his better away performances? Because we know a criticism of him has been that he has rarely turned up to away games in Leicester last season. He was he was good. Uh, the, the the trick that he did when he I think he left Damari Gray I think it was on his backside with a with a lovely little uh, trick uh, scissors trick. But he's not really shown what he can do away from home. And even though he was a, kind of like you say out of position a little bit on Monday night, he was very positive and going forward he was trying um, if only he had a, a, a right foot he might have had a, a good effort on goal um, but very positive he, he wanted to go forward which is something we have not always seen away from home yeah he did it he, for me he did okay and you know the army for me he, you know he, he did okay and all those lot of people there who were trying to tell me the army should have been man of the match uh, earlier in the week um, for me you know, Diarmi, yes, he put himself about a bit. But, you know, I'm looking at other contributions. I'm looking at interceptions. I'm looking at tackles, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, you know, there were other players who contributed a lot more to that. But still, both Diarmi and Kennedy, there were steady performances. But you're not telling, you know, you can't sit there and tell me that they they haven't got room for improvement. Every player's got room for improvement. Diarmi has been steady this season. He's had ups and downs. Uh, last season for me, he finished as probably, you know, if the season had gone on another five or six games, could have even won player of the season for me. Um, I think I just uh, handed him it anyway because I think he deserved it. But that was my personal pick. So, you know, Diarmé, great player, will will end up earning a new deal as well because he's obviously pushing on to get uh, appearances. Hopefully he doesn't get injured and he, that, that time doesn't run out. But, you know, He's he's a great player and he's a great lad as well off the off the pitch. No, definitely. Um, so Lee, um, your score prediction then? Score prediction. I'm going to be a little bit ambitious and I'm going to go for a, a Newcastle win, but I'm going to go for a three-one win for Newcastle. Three-one win. There you have it. Just to talk about Miguel Almiron. I know you brought the story last night about Newcastle United heading to the United States to talk to his agent about a potential deal and what it would take to bring him here at the Tyneside. Just give us the latest on that. Well, the latest is that Newcastle are planning to uh, have a little trip across the Atlantic um, to not only see uh, Almiron in action um, in the MLS Cup, potentially, obviously the 3-0 up. Uh, maybe I'm thinking with a Newcastle mentality here, we wouldn't uh, take it for granted if we were 3-0 up after the first leg of a, a last four showdown. But... Yeah, they're going over to have a look at him. Um, he's probably going to play in the MLS Cup final, which will take place, I think, at in Atlanta, I think, because the, the highest team, you, you get the home advantage in, in this year's competition. Um, so they're going to have a good look at him in a big game situation. Uh, they're going to also have you know further talks with his agent, uh, with Atlanta in terms of the, the club, uh, and what what it's going to take to get him here. And what they're doing is they're trying to get in the box seat. Obviously, there's other teams interested in him. Tottenham, Arsenal, West Ham, they're the ones we know about. I'm pretty sure there'll be another couple of Premier League ones as well. There'll be interest from La Liga. There'll be probably teams in Italy as well. Having a little look. But really, if Newcastle can get in there first and really you know, throw, throw their sort of love towards him, if you like, and, and get him signed up, then that would be a, a huge, uh, huge boost going in the January window. 
I guess other skeptics would say that twenty-five million pounds or reported fee of twenty-five million pounds—it's a lot of money. Newcastle United haven't spent that under Mike Ashley anywhere near that. Um, I mean, is there genuine interest in him? I personally think you know it, there's definitely genuine interest. There's no, there's no doubt about it because they've scouted him about ten, eleven times already. So we know that they are the Rafa isn't very interested in signing the, this particular player. Is twenty-five million a lot of money? It's a lot of money in the world of Newcastle United because they've never spent that amount of money before on a player. They probably should have broken the transfer record on numerous occasions, but have fell short at the final hurdle in the past. Twenty-five million is probably for for a decent player is probably like the going rate um, for a player who would arrive with a little bit of not not hype but would arrive with a, a good reputation and who's done it at a decent level uh, that is probably the going rate um, how will that money be paid it could be paid across spread payments who knows we don't know if um, we don't know the exact ins and outs of that deal so is it doable from Newcastle's point of view yes it is because they've got money to spend um, they haven't spent in previous windows so there's money that's been saved in the bank and they've got uh, some TV money burning a hole in the pocket. That's what all this protesting about Mike Ashley is about because he isn't putting the money in that every penny generated. Some might say, though, is the MLS a decent level? To say, and is it worth the risk of paying £25 million for a player who has impressed, has impressed in the MLS? But, you know, what what standard is the MLS? It's, is, it, is it Premier League standard? Is it Championship standard? You know, mm. and what's, I mean... What's your view on that? Well, I mean, I think little by little, it's it's getting you know a better league. You know, it's it, it's right up there. Um, you know, to begin with, for from you know the the USA point of view, it was a, it was a grown league. Uh, I've actually been out to to the states a few times to to watch games. I was there ten years ago when John Carver was with Toronto and you know it was a very average league then you had players coming towards the end of the career there um, it's not on par with the Premier League yet they've got a long way to go but it's getting better it's getting better every year and you know more players are going out there more managers are going out there look at you know some of the names uh, that have been playing in, in recent recent years out there you know the likes of David Villa Frank Lampard people like that um, I mean they're quality players who could have went anywhere and it's, it's not just about, as, as I mentioned, players coming towards the end of their career. There's also some good young players coming through as well. So we'll have to wait and see how, how that develops. But could he do it? The, the big question is, can he do a job in the Premier League? I, I think he probably can do a job. He's done it at, you know, in high-octane fixtures over there. He's played for his country. Um, he's a player that you know could get Newcastle fans excited. Well, fingers crossed we'll keep you up to date with all... Uh, the latest news on chroniclelive.co.uk. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.